0: What's going on guys? I'm Nate Spratford and I'm Colin Barnacle and welcome to the first ever episode of Behind the Streams.
1: Before we actually get into the episode, um, I first want to just touch up on what we're trying to do with Behind the Streams. Nate and I both really love music. Back last year, we both discovered our passion for just listening to music and uh, learning about the lives of these artists, and we've always just talked to each other and to our friends about it. So this year, we decided we would sign up for WLTL and have that other outlet to discuss our thoughts and opinions on music. On Behind the streams, we're going to do some artist spotlights, some Q&As, we'll review some albums, do all sorts of stuff. And the main goal of it is to help like us provide our opinions and tastes about music to you guys and hopefully show you some songs that
0: you will hopefully enjoy. But enough about what we will be doing. Let's talk about what we're doing today. Me and Colin wanted to start off this podcast by talking about what we really liked. So today we're going to be counting down our top five albums of 2020. Now, the funny thing about this is neither of us have showed each other our lists, So our reactions are genuine, and we're going to be just as surprised as you when we list them off. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So we're going to be kicking it off with my fifth favorite album of 2020, and I don't know how Colin's going to feel about this one. This album just came out. It's Savage Mode 2 by 21 Savage and Metro Boomin'. Now this is... Not really an album that I expected to be geared towards my taste. I like uh, a lot of trap music when I just want to listen to something mindless and just like take my mind off of school or some stress and just listen to it and have a good time. But normally, I don't enjoy a full trap album that much. But this really exceeded my expectations. Metro Rumen destroyed the production on this album. It was some of the most creative trap beats I've ever heard. Um, the first actual song after the intro, Run-in um sampled a like classic 50s song I believe and it was oh it worked so perfectly also not to mention Morgan Freeman did all of the intro outro and all of the interludes and if that doesn't make a great album I don't know what does and of course it's a rap album I've got to talk about the rapping for years and years 21 Savage was nothing but just another bad mumble rapper who no one could understand but this album really showed that he is a great rapper. And I think he is one of the best who's currently releasing music right now. Uh, There were a lot of songs on this that he just absolutely destroyed the rapping on, um, on Run-In, on Brand New Draco, and especially on Said and Done, the outro track. Um, My favorite track though has to be R.I.P. Love. That was a great song. My least favorite was probably Snitches and Rats featuring Young Nutty. There really just wasn't anything special about that track, and the lyrics just annoyed me. But yeah, overall, I thought this was an amazing album. My fifth
1: favorite album of 2020 was Ugly is Beautiful by Oliver Tree. I think that Oliver Tree is a really talented guy. He he comes up with these really incredible hooks and these catchy songs, and he manages to keep them all unique as well. He dances between the lines of rap, uh, alt-rock, he goes full-on singing mode in some songs. It's a really diverse and just dynamic album in general. My only complaint about it really was that it was super bloated. It was full of singles that had already been released, and only about half of the album was actually new music. However, this new music that was on it was amazing, such as Jokes On You, my personal favorite from the album. Jokes on You and Hurt really show uh, Oliver's skill at rock music, while songs such as Bury Me Alive and A Little Bit of Miracle Man show his rapping talent. I didn't really dislike any of the songs on it, except for maybe 1993, just because Little Ricky ZR3's feature was kind of annoying. Overall, I think Oliver is a true talent, and his exciting
0: future was cut sadly short when he quit music after releasing this album. I'm going to be 100% honest. I did not listen to this record. Um, I respect the decision, but I've never really gotten into Oliver Tree. I just haven't enjoyed his music really, but, you know, yeah. that's how it goes. I know you don't really like the vocals
1: and everything, but yeah, I, think that's I, what, I think that's what makes him unique. His vocals just annoy me, but, I mean, like, if you like them, you like them. Yeah, the vocals, I think it's a it's a style. I mean, he's trying to put himself out there and, like, really just be himself. He knows he's not the best singer, so he's not going to try and sing. He's just going to be himself, and the whole name, like, Ugly is Beautiful, really, like, shows his style
0: and the way he does things, and I think that's really cool. This is probably a horrible comparison, but what's that one Eminem song where he has, like, intentionally bad and, like, disgusting lyrics? I have no idea. Someone knows what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Is it, like, fact or no? I think so. It might be that. Someone who's listening can... Tell us if we're right or wrong or whatever. But Oliver Tree kind of reminds me of that song, and I really don't care for his music, but it's not my list. It's not Eminem either. (laughs) Um. So coming in at my number four album, I've talked about this album a lot, and I'm when I say the name, I know Colin know what I'm talking about. This is the Price of Tea in China by Boldy James and the Alchemist. I haven't actually heard that, so I'm Um, not gonna criticize it. I mean, I thought I talked about this album a lot, but guess not. Now, this album has some amazing production by The Alchemist, who I'll talk about him more later and you'll see, but he has really been killing it in 2020. This album's production reminded me less of a gangster rap album, which both James lyrics would make you think, and a lot more of like a, almost like operatic in style. It's dark and it's moody, lots of string and piano riffs. Um, It also has some amazing features on it. Vince Staples on Surf and Turf has an amazing verse. Freddie Gibbs on Snort has an amazing verse. And uh, Benny the Butcher on Scrape the Bowl has an amazing verse. This is an all around great album. What are these titles? This song <laughs> good titles. Snort?
1: I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm
0: not going to judge either There's heard a it. song called Giant Slide. <laughs> Oh, no, that's not too bad. That's very good. No, I actually looked it up after I listened. Giant Slide is apparently some attraction in Detroit that's, like, famous because there's some slum in Detroit, and right after you get out of it, there's a Giant Slide. So he named his song Giant Slide. Oh, that's the other thing. This whole album is basically set in Detroit where Boldy James grew up, and it's like a life, his life almost, talking about run-ins and shootouts and the things he had to deal with all with this amazing dark production by The Alchemist. It just comes together to make an amazing album. Um, My favorite song has gotta be Pinto, which is an amazing track with this like beautiful string orchestration over the beat. My least favorite is probably Slow Roll. It just had a weird beat loop and the rapping just fell out of place. That was really the only bad song in the album. But other than that, I loved this album.
1: My fourth favorite album of 2020 was probably After Hours by oh, The Weeknd. Really? I know literally like everybody has heard this album or some song from it, considering the dominance of Blinding Lights on the charts. I promise
0: you, even if you've never, I know this isn't my album, but if you haven't listened to a second of rap or R&B or The Weeknd in your life, you've heard Blinding Lights. That song is everywhere.
1: Yeah, I guarantee. Hasn't that song like broken some records <laughs> yeah, on the like- board? I don't how, I'm not know. it has been up in the it. top 5 for so long. That's it's insane. But with this new album After Hours, it's like you're taking a trip back in time to the 80s. It's insane. It's like in my in my like in my mind, I imagine walking into an old 80s record store and just like browsing through the contents of songs and just listening to those. That's the way it sounds at least. And with this album, The Weeknd once again proves his dominance of R&B. Creating once again one of the most streamed R&B albums of all time.
0: We're putting the streams and behind the streams, apparently. Yeah. Blinding Lights. You were asking has one point five billion streams, and this album came out in March, which is insane.
1: Yeah, I know this album. It's absolutely insane. My favorite song from it is probably Heartless because I just really love the beat on it. I know it's super simple, and most people are gonna say like, "Oh, it's just a generic like." trap r&b song but i really like the beat on it and i think his performance also really shines on this as well tracks like heartless after hours i know it's generic but blinding lights and alone again really carry this album though with all the really like immersive beats the deep bass on all of these songs it's a really cool album however it is definitely two-sided as well it's got some songs i don't like either such as like hardest to love or snow child or Repeat After Me interlude. Yes, It's a good album, but with some bad songs on it as well. I do think The Weeknd with this album is really proving himself as like a pop monopoly, I guess, or a kingpin of pop. He is proving himself to be the dominant artist up there, and he's going to be doing some big things later
0: on. I'm glad we can agree on something, because I like this album a lot too, but I've heard so many people say that Hardest to Love is one of the best tracks, and I just don't like it. So I'm glad we agree on something after the first two. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised I didn't mention Escape from L.A., though. That's my favorite track. but That one's just really forgettable to me, um, honestly. I really like it. Hey. Oh, and
1: Faith, too. His vocal performance on Faith really carries that track.
0: I don't remember that song. I might have to re-listen to it. Yeah, it's a cool album. It is. Uh, coming in is my third favorite album of the year. I actually forgot this came out in 2020, but this is It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Now, Thundercat has to be one of my favorite artists of all time, at least a top fifteen. His albums are amazing. His bass playing is amazing, and the songs he works on with both bass and production are just incredible. Uh, most of "To Pimp a Butterfly" by Kendrick Lamar, a lot of Flying Lotus songs, and especially "What's the Use" by Mac Miller. Love his, that song. Colin loves that song. If um. If you guys haven't seen it, you have to look up the Mac Miller Tiny Desk concert. That thing is so good. Mac Miller and Thundercat together, it's it's just amazing. I know Colin likes that one. It's not something you really get to see,
1: but it's a live performance of these songs you'd think were just like constructed in the studio, but it's with the actual passion and playing of the artist.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And Thundercat on the bass on those songs, so good. And It Is What It Is did not disappoint after his very good album, Drunk. Uh, it's just classic Thundercat with great bass playing, funny and carefree lyrics, and just his signature smooth falsetto voice. Um, one thing Thundercat always does on his albums is throw in a short song that's just him showing off how good he is at playing bass. On his album Drunk, he had Uh-Uh, and on this album It Is What It Is, he has Houseway, which I would argue is his best bass playing of all time. It's just one minute long amazing bass solo and it's so perfect. Uh, another thing that has nothing to do with the music, but is definitely worth mentioning, is the video covers that play when you pull up the songs on Spotify are just hilarious. Uh, have you seen them? Uh, you showed me the one where it's like right. a guy pushing... This first one, life. for the first song, it's just him rolling down a hill, followed by just close-ups of his cat. Yeah. <laughs> him running across the streets in a winter coat and shorts. Like You get the theme. These are really funny. Um... My favorite track, I actually have a tie here between Black Qualls and Fair Chance. Um, On the song Black Qualls, I did not think Childish Gambino and Thundercat would mix as well as they did, but that was an amazing album. And then Fair Chance is just a great song. Everything about it's great. My least favorite is probably How I Feel. It's just a forgettable track. And yeah, it's really the only one I didn't like at all. There are a few that weren't great, like the title track, King of the Hill, and Miguel's Happy Dance, but How I Feel was really the only bad track.
1: You have yet to pick an album I've heard yet, so I will not take this one either.
0: Dude, you really need to listen to this album. I I I listened to
1: Drunk. I didn't like his voice, but I do love his bass playing, and I I think this is definitely an album you guys should check out if you just like the bass playing and the instrumentals of an album.
0: Yeah, listen to it. Yep, It's it's good.
1: (laughs) So, for my third favorite of this year, I... I picked a weird album. It's Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. I know Nate expected this. When I first heard it, I was like, this is the weirdest album I've ever heard. I both loved it and I hated it at the same time. And I still feel the same way about it. But I think it is definitely, I think either this or my number one are the best album of 2020. This, it's just such, uh, Fiona is just such a talented vocalist and her vocal layering in this album, and probably in her earlier ones too, just creates so much emotion and depth to her songs. It's her fifth album, and it's her first in years that she's released, but she still sounds just as like whimsical and eclectic as ever, and I just really love like the passion she puts into all her songs. In this album, she sounds so like comfortably uncomfortable, and I know that sounds weird, but that's the best way I can really describe it. It's a bold, fearless album that touches on the feelings of the themes of feeling trapped, used, betrayed, and it's also got some really high points too. Songs such as Shamika talk about her school bully telling her that she had potential and that like point of her thinking like even the people that hate me like me. It's just like, it's a really cool album. My personal favorites from it are Ladies and Cosmonauts. They've got some incredible climaxes of the song the choruses really just carry those songs and i think they're just so passionate one of my least favorite is probably just under the table and even with that song it's a great um it's a great song just the vocal layering it's
0: just not my thing the two melodies clash too hard this is definitely an album that i want to check out um i knew colin was going to listen to this album but i had no idea what he thought about it Uh, yeah, I totally, I need to listen to this album, don't I?
1: Yeah, and similar,
0: similarly to the, um, Thundercat album, these instruments are also,
1: the instrumentals are, like, really cool and just, like, innovative Does she play something? Um, I don't think she plays something, Uh but, like, uh, she kind of plays something. The instrumentals have, like, dogs barking in them. Let's go! She plays the dog! (laughs) There's like six dogs that are credited in the creation of this album. It's amazing. Do
0: they get production credits? I think they do. Let's go. And
1: then um, Dude, they have names, but I don't know their she's names. She's
0: literally DJ Khaled.
1: And also she, cre- she recorded and created this entire clip or this entire album in her house. And she doesn't have – ha- I don't think she has like a drum set. So the whole thing, she's basically just banging on anything she can find. You hear some pots and pans in there. She bangs on the wall. Stomps her feet on the ground. It's like uniquely, it's so unique and strange. It's perfect for this album. I love the instrumentals. It's a super cool album. Even if you don't like enjoy
0: this genre of music, you definitely have to check out this album. Hearing you talk about it more just makes me want to listen to it even more. So I'm definitely going to give this album a listen. We talked about this for a bit too long,
1: but honestly, I think it deserves it. This is an amazing album. That's fair. All right.
0: It's time for our Break. (laughs) All right, the break's over. Yeah. I I listened to this song with Dog Barking. That was awesome. How are we feeling, Colin? Are you ready to keep going? Yeah. All right. So my second favorite album of the year. I know Colin definitely saw this coming. This is 31520 by Childish Gambino. And I stand by my take that this is the most overhated album of all time. And I know exactly why. When this album rolled out, I wouldn't even call it an album rollout. There are only two titled tracks on the whole album, the second and third tracks, Algorithm and Time. Everything else is just named as a timestamp of where it comes in the album. The album itself is named after the day it came out, rather than an actual name. The album cover is just white, and it wasn't released on streaming services until a week after it was released on Childish Gambino's website, where it was just playing in a continuous loop. So because of that, this album got a little to no publicity, and many people just wrote it off. But I love this album. There's only one or two bad tracks on the whole thing, and it's just amazing all the way throughout. Um, one prediction I do have about this album, though, is that the intentionally ambiguous rollout could symbolize the death of Childish Gambino. I don't think he's dead. That was, that was clickbait, guys. I fooled you.
1: It's because he's quitting music. Yeah, I Childish think Gambino, I think he's
0: quitting right? music. No, I thought he said he was, like, for sure. Uh, he hasn't announced it yet, but pretty much everyone is 100% sure. He's mentioned that he is just sick of living a doubled life as both Donald Glover and Childish Gambino. He is not done with music 100%, but there probably will never be another Childish Gambino album. We could get one or two as Donald Glover, though. If this is his last album, it is an amazing one. Tracks like 1238... 1910, 47 48 and 42 26 which you probably know is feels like summer are amazing songs i talked about them earlier and i'll say it again 21 savage is on this album <laughs> it is the last feature i would expect on an album like this which is nothing like the trap that 21 savage makes this is electrical experimental pop music if i had to describe it at best but he has an amazing feature on the track 1238. My favorite though has to be 2419. This, in my opinion, is the best song made this year. It's an eight-minute journey through Gambino's love life, where he stylizes himself in three voices. One is the grateful voice who's grateful for everything that his lover does. One is the annoyed voice who's sick of her and wants her to go away. And one is the greedy who just wants more and more and more. But in the second half of the song, all three come together to say thank you. And they sing in beautiful three part harmony till the end about how grateful they are for her. And it's just an amazing song. The worst song is 3531. It's just terrible. You know what song that is. That's the Little Bigfoot song. It's the only really bad song on the it's album. It's so though. bad. No, that song is really bad. And I honestly think if it was better, this could be my favorite album of the year. But. It's like a country song almost, but it is not good. It's it's like it's like country pop almost, it's not, except it's not pulled off well at all. This is a bad song. It's fine though. But it's an amazing album. I love this album. Colin likes this album, right? Uh-huh. I this would have been in my top five if a couple
1: other albums hadn't come out like in this year. Cause when I first heard it, I was like, Holy crap, this is amazing.
0: I assume you listened to it on his website, right? Uh, no, I actually listened to it when it came out on Spotify. I wasn't a huge Gambino fan when the album came out. Yeah, same. Um, one
1: of my first ever albums I listened to was his 2016 album, uh, Awaken yeah, My Love. So that is one of the main reasons I listened to this album. And when I first heard it, I was just jamming out. This is a great <laughs> album. I, was, I mean, while the outros of each song may be a little weird... <laughs> uh the 1910 album comes to mind but <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever whatever yeah
1: it's it's a it's really a stylistic choice it's a cool album i mean i think if you're more into like just like the melodies and like how an album sounds this probably wouldn't be for you just because of the weird outros at the end of every song but i do think it's a really great album like it's experimental it's confident it's like it's just an interesting it's just album. Amazing. Yeah, Nate's been trying to guess this for like the entire day. He and
0: says I know what this is, and I'm gonna feel stupid when he says it. You,
1: so. I, you definitely just, just say it. Know just say it, it, it. My second favorite album of the year is No Pressure by Oh Lyme. my god,
0: I knew it. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> the Dude. beats on this definitely carry the track. But Logic is a super versatile and talented rapper as well. And the fact that he's coming back from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and Supermarket and making an album. Which are albums. both
0: horrible, yeah. by the way.
1: Supermarket, if you don't know, Logic wrote a book, and then he decided to make a rock rap fusion album and called it Supermarket. And it's about like an hour and a half of just pain. <laughs> I didn't listen to it, but I did listen to Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and that has atrociously bad lyrics.
0: Confessions However, of a Dangerous Mind was the uh, third rap album I ever listened to willingly. (laughs) That was one of my biggest regrets in all of music. It's okay, though, because in 2020,
1: six years after Logic and NoID's first album together, Under Pressure, they teamed back up and create this amazing album called No Pressure. NoID's beats range from fast, (laughs) frantic sounds to these just chilled out vibes. And the entire time, Logic is just flowing the entire time. He's got, he's really, he's such a talented rapper. He can pull off basically any flow and his lyrics don't need to carry him here because it's really not meant for the lyrics. It's meant for just the beats and appreciating it. And coming off of these worst two albums of his career, Logic proved us all wrong with no pressure. Unfortunately, though, it is his last album as he is retiring to be a Twitch streamer since he he got a $14 million
0: deal. I don't blame the man. Maybe I'll retire to be a Twitch streamer. This is the last episode of Behind the Streams, guys. Uh, (laughs) If you want to see us, we'll be on Twitch. Yeah, that's not true.
1: This is a great album, though. And honestly, just listen for the beats. My favorite songs on it are probably Perfect because it's a perfect song and also um no pressure intro that intro when you open up this the album and you just hear like i don't even know what the um interview is it's like this cool beat over an old time interview and it's just it's such a great introduction back to logic and he's just like him just saying like yo i'm back and i'm not as bad as you all say I know several people said that Logic deserves to retire and they don't even want to hear this album. But when it came
0: out, he it was just a slap in the face. He showed them all wrong. I am going to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Logic, but I'm a really big fan of well-made beats and this album has a lot to offer. No Pressure intro and Soul Food 2, which I'm surprised you didn't mention. Soul Food 2, that's is, a remake of a song off of the original Under Pressure, and it's it's amazing. That song makes me want to listen to Under Pressure. Uh-huh. That song alone, when I found out it was a remake of Soul Food 1, made me add Under Pressure to a list of albums I want to listen to. But yeah, even me, who is not a fan of Logic, got a lot of enjoyment out of this album. And even though I have not followed his career, and I've barely enjoyed his uh, albums, When I listened to this, I was sad to know that he was retiring. Yeah, we really lost, like, such a talented
1: rapper with the retirement of Logic. I mean, he made a lot of music, at least. It's not like he
0: made two albums and retired. Yeah, he He worked for six years on music. He made a lot of music, some good, some bad, some really bad, but at least he ended strong. Mm -hmm. He ended strong, and
1: that's what counts. It's an amazing album. Oh, and also my least favorite tracks on it are probably GP4 or Celebration. Mm -hmm. Just because those are the only really bad beats on it. GP4's got these weird, like, vocals on it. This just sounds, like, corny and annoying. And uh, Celebration, it's just a loop of the same, like, two seconds. I don't really like those beats. But other than that, it's just an amazing album. So definitely
0: check it out, just for No ID's production. Alright, so coming in is my favorite album of 2020, and... What I believe is the best rap album of 2022. Colin knows what this is. This is Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist. This I told talks you... talks about this album 24-7. I, oh my gosh, I do. You know what, I can't even deny it, I do. I told you when I was talking about The Price of Tea in China, The Alchemist was going to get more mentions later on, and here he is again, producing two albums in my top five. He has really just been running 2020, and I'm all for it. Freddie Gibbs... If you haven't listened to much Freddie Gibbs, I highly recommend. He's just technically is an amazing rapper. His delivery and his flow are both so smooth and so easy and fun to listen to. And his lyrics range from hard-hitting about life living in the streets and having to sell drugs to get by to funny one-liners. And you you if you follow him on Instagram, I I don't really <laughs> I don't think we can talk about the stuff he posts on a school backed show, but I'm not saying to follow him on Instagram. I'm just saying follow <laughs> him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, this album has a lot of amazing raps, especially my favorite feature of the year from Rick Ross on the song Scotty Beam, which is an amazing song where Freddie Gibbs and Rick Ross um go over a lot of things that have happened in 2020 from the death of Kobe Bryant, to name-dropping and mentioning the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan's Bulls the last time they won the um, NBA Finals. And that's a great track, and Rick Ross has an amazing verse on it. Scotty Beam has got to be one of my favorite tracks on the album, right up there with 1985, the intro track, which has the most amazing guitar riff on a rap song I've ever heard. It's better than any of the Kanye ones that everyone likes to talk about. The way this song starts with the guitar riff and then Freddie Gibbs just comes in rapping and absolutely kills it over the beat. It's just such an amazing song. Um, My least favorite track would probably be Frank Lucas featuring Benny the Butcher. It just has weird production. There's nothing special about it, in my opinion. Um, Even if you're not going to listen to this album, you have to listen to Something to Rap About featuring Tyler, the Creator. (laughs) This song is such an easy listen You just sit there and put it on and enjoy it. It's funny and it's witty and it has an amazing piano loop over the beat and hilarious intro. I highly recommend that song as a starting point to get into not only this album, but Freddie Gibbs as a whole. And if you like that, you've got to listen to Alfredo. This album is just perfect.
1: Honestly, when I listen to something to rap about, I just listen to it for the intro and then I skip sometimes. But I do agree, after the intro, like the, the intro is hilarious. But then after that, it's just Freddie Gibbs and Tyler just chilling, rapping over this really like chill. Their voices upbeat.
0: their voices mesh
1: really well. Their voices they both work have very really well together. Like
0: hard, like gritty, like hardcore voices. Uh-huh.
1: But it's just a it's just a hangout and chill song. I I love that song. I love this album. Uh huh. I'm glad you showed it to me. I'm definitely gonna listen to it. I haven't heard it yet, but I have heard something to rap about, and I'm going to listen to. Well, I played you 1985, right? I've uh-huh. definitely played
0: 1985 sometime around you. I play that song all the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. really, I could talk about any track on here. I just picked my two of my favorites and what I think the most accessible is. Uh, Skinny Suje, All Glass, God Is Perfect, Look at Me. I can talk about any of these songs, but yeah. This has to go down as my favorite album of 2020, and I don't see how anything could pass it. So even though
1: Nate says that nothing can beat Alfredo as nothing the best beat album Alfredo. of the year, I think this album easily beats it. It's top 10 for me. I love it so much. It's an amazing album. It is Circles by Mac Miller. I know Nate has heard this. I've said it to him a billion times, but this album is the perfect posthumous album. He does talk about this album a lot, but it's really
0: hard to disagree with him.
1: The whole album is like Mac is just saying it'll all be okay. He died in 2018 to an accidental drug overdose, caught the entire world by surprise. Nobody expected Mac Miller to die so soon. And on that day, everybody was just in mourning for him. But after this album came out, it was like, mac coming down from the heavens and just patting you down on the shoulder and being like it's okay i'm it's okay everybody dies we don't need to worry that much and like overall just john bryan carried this track this um record only two months after swimming john bryan Bryan the producer john bryan is the producer I've, i've actually never heard his name he um he worked in the 80s as i think he has some solo stuff but he mostly just produced and when Mac was working on Swimming, his 2018 album, he and John Bryan would just talk and they became great friends over that album. And with this album, it doesn't really feel like his family or his estate are trying to milk him for money. It really sounds like they're honoring his style and his work ethic and what he wanted for his music. John Bryan heard everything Mac wanted to do with this album, how it was the successor to Swimming, and how it was supposed to be like Swimming in Circles. Um, Swimming was a depressing look on drug addiction, while Circles was more of a hopeful look at overcoming that. And after that album, I'm I'm 100% sure Mac would have continued to reinvent his style. Um, The entire album, it's just full of these chilled out beats. It's a really, really easy listen. If you ever consider checking this out, you definitely should. Songs like Blue World, Good News, Everybody, oh. and Hand Me Downs are just really great songs. And the Deluxe also has some superb songs as well. Blue honey. World
0: is such an amazing song. I could talk about that song for forever. The fact that Mac Miller took a old blues recording of like a male barbershop quartet, chopped up their voices and made a beat out of it, and then rapped over it in his own signature style, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, and right after Blue World comes out, uh, it goes to Good News, which is, in my opinion, top five of all time for me. I think it's the best song that's come out this year. It's such a perfect song. The plucky guitars just are really easy on the ears, and you hear the, the snares coming in as well. And it sounds like the ending track to a movie almost, the movie of Max Life. And after that, it's just Good News plays and the sun sets as Mac
0: drives off in the distance. Good News is not my favorite track, but I'll admit I've never heard a song be happy and sad in the exact same moment. I've heard songs go from happy parts to sad parts, but never have I heard at least a song like Good News that can simultaneously be so hopeful but so sad and full of sorrow.
1: Even if you don't really feel like checking out any of the other albums we've mentioned before, or even if you don't want to listen to this album, I really, I implore you to listen to Blue World,
0: and I implore you to listen to Good News as well. (laughs) If you've made it this far into the podcast and decide you don't want to listen to a single thing we've said, please just listen to Good News, Blue World, 1985, and something to rap about, and we'll be happy.
1: Yeah, that's literally all we really ask of you. (laughs) even my least favorite song on this album which is complicated i still love complicated just compared to how good this album is other than that it's just like it's it doesn't compare and the saddest part of it is that he was never really going to make any albums after this this was his last album so i it's just a great album to end off mac miller's career and his life
0: i he'll, couldn't agree more he'll be remembered rest in peace mac miller
1: Okay, so that'll do it for today's episode. This was the very first podcast we've recorded for Behind the Streams. Uh, I sincerely hope that you have enjoyed it, and I know Nate does as well. I do. Um, Hopefully you guys will check out at least a little bit of
0: the music that we've showed you guys today, and hit us up on Instagram. Yeah, if you have any questions or comments about music we talked about today, or just music in general, we're down to talk to you and maybe even – Feature some of your opinions on the episode. Uh, our Instagram is WLTL underscore behind the streams. We'll also be promoting it on each of our own personal Instagrams. So just shoot us a DM over there if you want to talk to us about anything. Uh, thank you guys so much for sticking with us to the end and listening to our podcast. I'm Nate Spratford. And I'm Colin Barnacle, And this is Behind the Streams.